I'm standing in the basement of a brownstone apartment off of 53rd Street. From the outside, it looks unremarkable, but when I walk down the steps to the basement, I come face to face with an old-fashioned mannequin. She's wearing a pink pinstripe dress and a floppy sun hat. Behind the mannequin, the basement resembles something almost like a thrift store. There are shelves of books and clothes for every season and every occasion. The basement is teeming with people, probably 50 or more. At the center of this organized chaos is Amanda Anglert. I've known Amanda as long as I can remember. She was my first babysitter and has been a lifelong supporter. As a kid, I remember thinking Amanda was kind of weird, and one day I told her that, and she thanked me and said that she took it as a compliment, which to me was also weird. My first memories of Amanda are doing art with her on the floor of her apartment. As an adult, I sometimes try to emulate her kindness during difficult conversations, and she inspires me to bring creativity into my life. Um, could you tell me what you do for a living? Um, I lead a bit of a renaissance existence. I do a lot of different things. I'm a babysitter. I'm an artist. I manage properties. I do design, organizing work. Um, and I'm a maker. A maker. When I think of Amanda, that is who she is. Well, I think you also come from a family of makers. I mean, we live in a consumer culture where you can buy just about anything, but you can never buy a one-of-a-kind dolphin costume that your mother sews you for Halloween and then you decide at the last minute to be a knight. I'm thinking of your brother here. Amanda is a fixture in my generation of Hyde Parkers. She's lovingly known as Amanda Babysitter, even to people who've never met her. When Amanda was just a kid, her mother died from breast cancer. Watching that and feeling like, you know, I'm not a surgeon, I'm not a cancer researcher. In fact, I'm like, I'm a kid, what can I do? You know, I can bring her soup, I can, can do anything a kid can do, but at some point you just feel like you want to do something. So, when Amanda's friend Tanya asked, Do you want to do the Avon Walk for breast cancer? She jumped at the opportunity. It was the early 2000s, and Amanda was in charge of raising $1,800. And of course, I started fundraising and made way more than $1,800, but we quickly realized this is something we want to do every year, but we don't necessarily want to hit up the same friends and family. So I thought, maybe I'll just have a little garage sale. There was a man who came to the sale, and he looked at my little stack of things and my broken chair, and he said, well, I have a chair that I would love to donate for you to sell. And I said, that would be wonderful. That was 17 years ago. Nowadays, the sale fills Amanda's basement, the basements of her two neighbors, and spills out onto the sidewalk. And I'm not getting paid personally, but it is creating vast amounts of value in ways that I could not contribute financially. The sale is like a pop-up store, a thrift store, a flea market, and a bake sale, all in one. But it's not a store, a fact that Amanda insists on. And it's in a basement. So what is it? Uh, and a lot of people walk in, and that is what th their first question, what is this? <laughs> and we say, I don't know, you made it. To Amanda, and most people at the sale, it's a subterranean super sale. It's not a garage sale, because I don't have a garage. It's not a yard sale, because, I mean, I don't really have a yard. But it's underground. This confuses a lot of people. People who come, they think, oh, it's on the sidewalk. And we say, oh, no, 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 walk inside, there are chambers. It kind of feels like it never ends. And in terms of the sale, the cycle, it, it never does end. <laughs> it just goes on all year. 
Put on a sail of the scale takes a lot of work. Luckily, Amanda is not short on volunteers. Because at some point, if you're close to me, you are part of the sail, or you take a very well-timed vacation. You'd expect most people working at the sail knew her before, but that's not always the case. We walked into the basement, sort of a dead zone, one Sunday, and saw a woman that none of us knew who this person was, and she was masterminding the candle section. It was beautiful. And we said, hello. <laughs> she said, oh, I hope this is okay. Uh, my name is Janice. Um, I had this big crate of candles that my ex-boyfriend gave to me, and I never want to see him or them again. The woman stayed to help, moving on to sort the clothes and fix broken zippers. Amanda told me she never plans on moving. She moved into her apartment right after college over 20 years ago, and she manages the building for her landlord who lives on the West Coast. I think he's aware of what's going on. I mean, I've certainly asked him permission, and he, he loves it. He always asks about it, but I don't know that he really understands how much this building is associated with this thing. But it's not only her building that's associated with the sale. When it gets to be sale time, I can't go to the grocery store, I can't go to the lake, I can't go anywhere without someone, maybe I know them, maybe I don't, asking when the next super sale is. It's probably like having a child where you don't realize, yes, I have a 40-hour work week and these other responsibilities, but there's always time for your child because there has to be. And it's exhausting and maybe you're sort of in a zombie zone half of the time, but you don't you don't feel it as work. But it is work. A ton of work. Amanda and her team have to collect hundreds of donations, sort them, advertise for the sale, and then host the sale. Other people might say, I need to chill out. But they're not being interviewed, so ha ha, say what I want. <laughs> However, the work does not end with the weekend. The basements are shared spaces, so everything she doesn't have space to store, she has to find a home for. She sells items on eBay and donates to organizations and has a free section out front on Sunday after the sale. And in the end, virtually nothing goes in the garbage. There are no restrictions on what is sold at the sale, although they stopped selling couches and mattresses for fear of bedbugs, and when someone donated an antique shotgun, they turned it over to the police. I think people delight in keeping the sale weird. And it certainly is. Whether an ornate birdcage, a lion samovar, a fur coat, or a literal kitchen sink, many of the items at the sale are unique and most are unusual. At the end of the sale, Amanda and her team sit on the floor of her apartment counting the money that they made. Outside, you can hear people shouting as they find stuff in the free section. They donate all the money to four organizations. Breast Cancer Research Foundation, The Pink Fund, Pink Ribbon Girls, and Equal Hope. For years, Amanda believed that she would eventually be diagnosed with breast cancer. I don't mean this in a negative way, but it almost feels like an inevitability, like aging or taxes or water flowing downhill. So she was surprised when she got tested and found out she didn't have the common risk factors. And I always assumed, well, of course I have the genes. I am my mother, right? And I mean, knock on wood, I, I don't have the genes. There will be some iteration of the sale forever because enough of us feel very strongly about this that maybe it won't always be the same, maybe it won't always be a physical place, although I feel like I probably will be. 
And of course, the, the real answer is, well, yeah, sure, when there's no more breast cancer, I guess there's no more sale. And I, I like to think we're getting closer and closer to that point. This piece was produced by Ella Beiser for the Vocalo Storytelling Workshop. Thank you to Jacob Beiser for scoring the piece, and of course to Amanda Anglert for being the subject of this story.